This is the Rocky Mountain Review. I'm J.D. Layton. I'm Emily Moshek. Only on 90.5 KCSU, Fort Collins. And welcome to the Rocky Mountain Review, your news talk show here on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. I am one of your hosts, Emily Moshak, and I am joined in studio by my co-host. I'm J.D. Layton. Our reporter. I'm Allison Tackett. Our other reporter. Katie Otter. And our other, other reporter. I'm Maximus Hunter. It is a full house today. It we've is. Got the, the gang is all here. Minus two, actually. I know. I'm excited. We've got a lot of great reporters on our team this semester, and we are going to be producing great news content that not only can you find every Tuesday and Thursday live on 90.5 from 4 to 5 p.m., but you can also go to kcsufm.com and find podcasts and articles of all of our news reports there. So be sure to check that out. In the meantime, Allison is going to start us off with our local newscast. This is Allison Tackett with your local newscast from January 29, 2019. The Coloradoan states that a prize-winning steer has been auctioned for a record-setting amount at the National Western Stock Show in Denver. Ames Construction Company made a winning bid of $150,000 for the Grand Champion Steer on Friday night in the Junior Competitive Livestock Auction. The 17-year-old Cutter Bland was the one who was showing a 13,000-pound steer. I'm just kidding. 1,300-pound steer. A portion of the proceeds from the auction goes towards the National Western Stock Show Scholarship Trust, which provides scholarships in agriculture studies and rural medicine all throughout Colorado and Wyoming colleges. A train in Fort Collins, according to the Denver Post, hit a 42-year-old woman. The woman was at the intersection on North Mason Street in West Mountain Avenue right around 1.30 a.m. last Thursday. The police said that the train was traveling northbound. She was transported to the hospital with very serious injuries. Fort Collins Police is investigating more on the incident, but doesn't think that speed was an element in the accident. This incident was the second train crash that happened on Thursday. Another train hit a pickup truck in Brighton, Colorado, right around 5.30 a.m. There was no injuries due to this crash. A Colorado judge has sentenced a 30-year-old man to life in prison for killing a 19-year-old during a robbery last year in Fort Collins, according to the Denver Post. District Judge Thomas French sentenced Donnie R. Pullum at Monday, no, I'm sorry, on Monday to 64 years for aggravated robbery in 96 years for the first degree attempted murder. Pullum was founded guilty last September for the murder of Dylan Solace on January 28, 2018. According to Denver CBS King Superstore in Fort Collins off Taft Road will start cutting back their hours on February 3rd. King Supers is in charge, is changing their open hours to 5 a.m. to midnight. The store is making the change because of their customers' shopping habits. Denver CBS says to make sure you plan for the news for the new hours if you are a regular middle of the night shopper. Makes me sad to hear that King Supers is closing its doors late at night. And I know it does for you too, Emily. You have a late night ice cream habit. That that did not need to be shared with our listeners, but I occasionally (laughs) indulge in the 1 a.m. ice cream quarter pints, whole pints. I don't know. (laughs) Not going to say for sure. 
But you have a special piece coming up next, though, J.D. I do. So in case you all have been living under a rock lately, and I, I sincerely doubt it, the Rocky Mountain Review listeners are quite intelligent people, if I do say so myself, but there has been a government shutdown, and it only recently ended. But there's a bit of a caveat to that. For more on that story, it's coming up next, so keep that dial locked only here on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. This past Friday, Congress passed a new budget bill ending the longest government shutdown in the history of the U.S. But there's a catch to this bill. It has only allocated funding for three weeks, while Congress continues to debate funding for securing the U.S.-Mexico border with President Trump's border wall, and ultimately votes for a full budget bill. What this means is that Colorado could very well soon see another government shutdown. For the Rocky Mountain Review, I'm J.D. Layton. And I need to know what exactly these implications would be for Fort Collins following a second shutdown. According to Denver 9 News, there are approximately 53,000 federal employees in the state of Colorado taking care of services like national parks, national defense, and airport security, just to name a few. According to the Federal Reserve, Fort Collins alone has about 2,400 of these employees not to mention the nearly $7.7 million in federal funding that goes to CSU alone. This means that even though Fort Collins is not a hub for the federal government, it is not immune to the woes of frozen federal expenditure. The BLM, the Forest Service, National Park Service, and the U.S. Geological Survey all operate in or around Fort Collins and are vulnerable to furloughing their employees in the event of a government shutdown, which leaves services like attending to Rocky Mountain National Park's waste removal and road clearing unavailable. This leaves many federal employees without the prospect of a paycheck. It's not just the operation of national parks that are affected by shutdowns, but things like SNAP, the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, which offers assistance to low-income individuals and families for food security, have a limited operating budget that can run out during a shutdown, leaving people without access to food. At CSU, it is not people who end up being furloughed, but it is research funding, which can grind to a halt. In a quote from a campus-wide Tony Frank email regarding the impact of CSU's research, he states, quote, several federal government agencies that fund CSU research projects, such as the National Science Foundation, are unable to continue operations, end quote. Thankfully, this is not always the case when it comes to a government shutdown. We reached out to Patrick Byrne, a professor of plant breeding and genetics who was working on the NSF project. He stated, quote, No, the shutdown didn't affect our NSF project. We were very close to the end of the project and had already spent all of the funds allocated to the project. End quote. Not everyone in Fort Collins got quite as lucky when it came to the government shutdown. 
But there are good Samaritans in the community who aimed to help alleviate the woes of the shutdown for those affected. Nick Doyle, owner of Nick's Italian, opened up his doors to feed federal employees who were furloughed during the government shutdown, stating, quote, I just wanted to offer some respite for those affected by the shutdown and do the right thing for the community, end quote. When asked if he would lend out a helping hand if another shutdown came, Nick stated he'd be more than willing to help out and would like to work with other businesses on helping to serve even more people. Hopefully, another shutdown is not right around the corner. But if it is, it is clear the Fort Collins community will be there to help each other weather the storm. For the Rocky Mountain Review, I'm J.D. Layton. And welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review, your news talk show here on KCSU Fort Collins. I am your host, Emily Moshak, and I am joined in studio by our lovely reporters. Allison Tackett. Katie Otter. Maximus Hunter. And my co-host. J.D. Layton. Who just provided us that lovely piece. Thank you. Right, yeah. It, it kind of blew my mind how uh, how many jobs are, or federal jobs are in, in Fort Collins alone. 2,400. That's a lot more than I, I, I really thought, especially since... You know, we're not really like a big federal hub or anything like that. Yeah, it was definitely, it's something you hear about on national news, but it was interesting to see how it affected our community, not only locally, but also how much of our community was willing to jump in and help out. So right. gotta love good old FOCO. We're going to take a quick break, but stay tuned because we have our sports director, Ray McGowan, coming up next to tell you all about the CSU. 2019 CSU CSU 2019 sports season is that what I thought you were just going to say the CSU and I was the CSU no it was a dramatic pause JD I'm stealing your thunder carry on (laughs) well that that's about all I had to say (laughs) stay tuned we've got sports updates and a lively discussion on a new campus ban coming up next right after the break And welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review, your news talk show. I am one of two news directors here at KCSU. I'm J.D. Layton. I'm joined in studio by the co-hostess with the mostest. Emily Moshak. As well as our veritable gaggle of reporters coming here to deliver you the finest news this side, east of the Rockies. I'm Allison Tackett. I'm Katie Otter. And I'm Maximus Hunter. We so are east of the Rockies. Sorry, I had to think about that. <laughs> yeah, me too. I was like, wait. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Mississippi. And no, that's no. That's what I was kind of expecting, too. My brain got a little tripped up. But anyway, <laughs> we have a discussion to talk about. So I don't know if y'all know or not, but a recent 2019 CSU policy has banned all tobacco products and vaping on campus. Yes. So, and well, it's technically not a CSU policy. Um Former Governor John Hickenlooper signed an executive order in November banning any vaping and tobacco products from state-owned property, which Colorado State University falls under. Ah, so technically, you know, we are following the former 
Governor Hickenlooper's this is, law. This is actually true. I remember reporting on this story now, come to think of it. Oh, so. yes. But so basically, vaping, which includes juuling, vape boxes, sorens, any other tiny little device that you can blow cucumber-flavored smoke out of, <laughs> and then tobacco products, including cigarettes, and I guess chewing tobacco, but that's probably less obvious for yeah. people to, to be able to tell. But so those are currently banned from campus, and the problem that CSU is now facing is that they aren't quite sure how to enforce this ban. They don't know whether they should be able to take away the person's device or how they are going to be able to even prove that they did it. Bike cops. Just immediately cuff them when you see the vape cloud. Bike cops. But you (laughs) listeners, if you have an opinion on CSU's new ban or something else to say about how you think they should enforce it, give us a call or a text at 970-491-5278. That's 970-491-KCSU. We would love to hear from you. But in the meantime, what do you reporters, SCSU students, think about this new ban? So uh, I actually vape, and uh, I wasn't aware that the vaping ban was a thing until uh, someone came up to me on campus and said, hey, you can't do that anymore. Was it just a random student? or did I think it was a professor. And did, that's all that happened? That's all that happened. I was like, okay. And I walked away, and I uh, vaped in my car. Yeah. (laughs) But it got you to go all the way to your car. Oh, I was pretty embarrassed. You know, someone calls you out. It's actually kind of effective. Yeah. Well, at least it's effective. I suppose it's better than getting tackled by campus security. Well, yeah. I don't think they would ever tackle you for... Well, it's better than taking your vaping device because uh, (laughs) those things are expensive. Mine costs like 50 bucks. 50 bucks? Yeah. Yeah, those are expensive. Yeah, I don't know, but even today, while walking to class, I saw someone laying down under the Clark Journalism Buildings, and they were blowing not little clouds, like huge clouds, like spreading everywhere, just laying down, and no one did anything. It's a hard thing to enforce in a place where people are living there, and some of them vape, and they live there. That's true. So where are they going to go? Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that Clark, under Clark B, like that is the spot. Yeah. You know? Or in front of the LSC. Yeah, that has all, well. That's even before there was a ban. Everyone would, anyone who was smoking a cigarette would be under right. the was, Clark B. It was the place to go, but now you can't hack darts there to save your life. <laughs> hack darts! Oh my! <laughs> I know. Well, especially those cigarettes is harder because you can't, or like the butts are going to be on the ground, so there's more evidence. Whereas your vape, you can just slide in your pocket and be like, what? I, mean, I don't know what you're talking about. He doesn't even smell, really. Have yeah. class with somebody who, who vapes in the class. Yeah, it's he sits so, right next to us. He just, you know, puffs it into his shirt, and you don't even know. Exactly. I actually did see some of the vapor come off. And I'm, like, wondering, like, our, our professor has him in, like, perfect view. I'm yeah. wondering if he notices and just doesn't care. I, you know, I, you know, I couldn't tell you. Maybe but he thinks it's cold. He's seeing his breath. Yeah. Maybe it is in Clark C. So. It yeah. is cold in there. I know. I don't know. Because especially with the jewels, you can really use that inside. And yeah. even if, if you hold the vape from a jewel in your mouth long enough, it really pretty much goes away. Like You can't tell that yeah. someone's using it. So I'd really think, at least with the vapes, it'd be much harder to enforce than cigarettes. All in all, do you guys think this policy is like good or will eventually yield some, some, some results of some kind? Good or bad, ultimately. I got to say no. I got to say it's too extreme because you've got – because people do vape. Because people do vape. I mean, students do vape, and they live here. They're going to do it. In the end, whether or not they get in trouble for it isn't really going to stop them. It's just going to cause more complications, I think. 
Yeah, I don't know. I think it could stop potentially them doing it so much in public. I don't think sure. it would stop them from doing it, you know, maybe in the bathroom or like where someone can't see them or in their dorm or anything. But I could see it hindering, especially kind of like what happened with you. You know, I'd encourage you to stop vaping and put it in your car. I could see people using it less openly in public if they actually began to go up to people and kind of call them out and tell them to stop. Yeah, they got to enforce it or yeah. it doesn't matter. So I think the benefit of this law, I would go more towards people who don't want to be smelling it and not to get people to actually stop vaping because I don't think that would encourage anybody. Yeah, I think people are still going to do it either way, like if the law's enforced or not, because it's such a popular thing, especially in this generation. I feel like not anybody just can be like, oh, okay, I'm going to stop. Like, I, I don't know. I just can't see it. Yeah, nobody's going to like break their habit because of this. I, right. I it's not an easy habit to break. Exactly. I. I'm just glad, you know, that hopefully I'll walk through less clouds of cotton candy, creme brulee, uh, yes. enormous smoke uh, from now on. I don't actually mind it sometimes. Like, I'll be walking down the plaza. I'm like, hmm, strawberries. Because, <laughs> like, somebody, that's like somebody just breathing directly into your mouth. No, it is gross. It is gross. I think it's just, I guess it is the same as getting a cigarette in your face. But I feel like cigarettes are so much worse. They just smell so much worse. They, they do. Clothes, even if it's not yours. Yeah, they hang on you. Like, if you're in right, a place you where you've. After you've hacked a dart, it hangs around. I cannot I get over that. Yeah, I'm going to start hacked, using that, dude. Hacked that's a great. dart. That is so funny. I know. I can't really see it stopping though i don't know it's just i don't think, I think it there's probably I mean, a compromise I've, you know yeah I, I think it'll help other people not get affected by it as much but i really don't think anyone's going to stop vaping i don't think it's going to be i think that this is going to be the new thing that cigarettes were whenever people realized cigarettes were bad like i feel like in 20 years everyone's going to be like vaping <laughs> dun, dun, dun. right well, if you guys have any opinion and you want to hop in, you can always call or text at 970-491-5278. But I think it's time that we discuss some of 2019's sports aspects, don't you? I do, indeed. I think sports would be good. And then we also have a music segment coming up from our director, Monty Daniel, on the band Better Oblivion Community Center. Try saying that four times fast. I don't think I could do it. I don't think I could either. I'm not going to do it on the radio. <laughs> you guys should try. Call or text in and let us know if you can. <laughs> We'd love to hear from you. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with sports and music. Only here on 90.5 KCSU for Collins. And welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review, your news talk show here on KCSU Fort Collins. I am your host, Emily Moshak, and I'm joined in studio by my co-host. I'm J.D. Layton, and uh, the gaggle keeps on growing. Okay. Yes. I, I took your thunder once again. <laughs> You're all good. <laughs> but who's this mysterious voice who's come to talk about sports with us? Oh, that's me? Oh, hey, I'm Ray McGowan. I'm the sports director here at KCSU. We also still have all of our reporters in here. If uh, if you guys ever look in at the stream, you'll just see that there's there's just people who huddle around various mics. You don't want to give yourselves your names? I'm Allison Tackett. Katie Otter. And I'm Maximus Hunter. All right, Ray, tell us about... What the heck is going on with CSU Sports yeah, this 2019 games. semester? Yeah, I, f first of all, uh, CSU Sports still continued on during the break. Uh, CSU's men basketball is having a transition season. I mean, we had a head coach last season, and now we have uh, Nico Medved taking over at the beginning of the season. It's been a up-and-down season so far. We have lost a couple of close games that we should have won, specifically one against... Uh, I believe it was Fresno State. We had, no, we actually upset Fresno State. My apologies. Uh, and we lost by two 
to uh, UNLV. However, at this point, it's take it or leave it. We we play against a team ranked eighth in the nation, and we got blown out by forty two points. But you know, you take it and leave it. You know, it's, I, it's tough. I really feel like that's not that typical, especially like given basketball, getting blown out by 42 points by, you know, a team that's ranked number eight. That's really not showcasing that you're a bad team because it could have it, it could have been a lot worse than that. It, it was it, it was against Nevada and it was at Nevada as well. So, I mean, it, we lost by 40. It, it was 100 to 60, which doesn't look good on paper. But in terms of our team and also having to be in Nevada, you kind of just go, well, I mean, at least one team in the Mountain West is good, I guess. <laughs> but but not, but not us. Not not no not this season. I no, I there's a lot of potential in CSU's men's basketball right now. I think the players are still getting used to the new system that they are in with head coach Nico Medved. However, one player that is doing fantastic in terms of his own personal stats is Nico Carvacho, mm-hmm. uh, who's the center who's leading the country in rebounds right now. So that is of every single player in the NCAA, even more than Zion Williamson, who is the hot commodity now at Duke and could be number one overall in the NBA draft this coming next season. So, Well, watch out, because CSU now has a rebound hot commodity. Exactly. So, so we have hope. Zion, Zion Williams <laughs> has dunks, and we've got rebounds. So hey, make man, you, you, you don't win every pick. game off dunks. Exactly. Got to play the rebound game. <laughs> exactly. Hey, sometimes you miss, and sometimes you make it, but you know what? You always get the rebound. It's so. true. <laughs> That's so inspirational. Solid sports and, sports. and dating sports. advice. <laughs> 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 I, I don't know how to be re- dating advice. But okay. <laughs> don't be a rebound. Oh, don't gosh. listen to Jay's dating advice. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, as you said, JD, the X Games was fantastic. Uh, it, it honestly, it was my favorite sporting event I've ever been to. It, it, that beats basketball, football, college football. Uh, you know, even NASCAR, like the the, the Winter X Games in Aspen was mind blowing. Dude, it, wow! What could beat NASCAR? How could you not want to turn left? Uh, you know, sometimes you got to make a right and go for the rebound. But you know, wow. <laughs> <laughs> but the the X Games was it's it's a completely different environment. I mean, I understand that for football and and college football you have tailgates, but there the, it was just event after event and. There was never a moment where I felt disconnected from an athlete because they like something was in between us. Like for football, you're stuck in the stands, and and for basketball, you're stuck in the stands as well. And there's never a moment where you feel like you can like actually interact. But for the X Games, they come down the slope style and the the super pipe, and they literally like walk through the barriers that they have for athletes and then they're suddenly with everyone else and they go out and they they eat food with people and they hang out with their friends and i mean just talking to athletes and there's never a moment where i felt that i was afraid i mean i'm I'm a grown adult i shouldn't be afraid but there was a moment (laughs) where i was like man i'm really nervous to talk to this athlete because they're all so so warm and and welcoming and even like for athletes that have, I mean, uh, as an athlete before, when you play against an opponent, you almost dehumanize that other, the, your opponent, because you think that you're the better player and you want to have like that mental edge and not in the X Games, not at all. I remember specifically during the men's uh, slope style, a uh, snowboarder from Sweden named Rene Renekongas went down on his last run and was placed in first place in order to win gold. And then Canadian snowboarder Mark McMorris came down, literally the last run of of the event, and took over the top spot. 
And in my mind, I'm like, that's really disappointing for Ren and Renekongus. I'd be upset. But then you look over, he's just jumping up and down, screaming his head off, cheering for Mark and giving him a big hug. And you're like, wow, that's completely different than what I thought was going to happen. And the X Games, they, they had a, a, a hashtag shred hate, basically, and then choose kindness, which it, it, it took over. And it was incredible to see, I mean, athletes handing out gloves to the little kids that would be there. Even like people, uh, Ren and Ren Congress would actually go over to the, to the people and spectators at the, at the slope style because they traveled all the way from Sweden to Aspen and would wow. talk to them and people would sign like helmets and everything. And, and one person picked up a kid at the very, like in the stands and, and brought her up and had her watch all the athletes because it was just incredible. It was a, a, such a kind environment. And I would, Personally, I would love to go again. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of interesting because, you know, the X Games aren't really team sports. It's very individual, focused yeah. on the individual skiers, snowboarders. So it's kind of cool to hear that it really has that sense of community. And it's all young athletes, too. It just blows my mind. And I thought during when I'm watching college football, I'm like, man, these kids are younger than I am. And what am I doing? Like, they're about to be millionaires playing for the NFL. And then, but then you go to the X Games, it's a completely different story. Chloe Kim, who won gold and represented the United States at Pyeongchang in the Olympics, she also won gold and she has five gold medals, most than, more than anyone else in the X Games in her teen years. And guess where she's also going to college? Princeton. Wow. I know. And, and I'm like, and I'm thinking, man, when I was 18, you know what I was worried about? Who am I going to take to prom? She's going to <laughs> Princeton and she's winning gold at Olympics and the X Games. I, it was mind blowing. She is did crazy. not follow my advice for the rebound then. <laughs> no. See, see what happens when you don't follow JD's dating advice. Just kidding. He's in a great relationship. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. I'm not going to. Just kidding. Well, thank you, Ray, for that sports rundown. It sounds like the X Games were awesome. We're glad to hear it. I'm exceptionally jealous you got to go. It sounds like a phenomenal environment and a, a great place for athleticism on the slopes of Aspen. Oh, absolutely. It, it, from being a 21-year-old a man who doesn't know how to snow, snowboard or ski, it, it's really humbling to see uh, an 18-year-old girl going to Princeton shred everything apart and be like, yep, you're more than athletic than me in every single way and smarter. And that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. Yeah, that's awesome. And then I'm looking forward to hearing that hopefully CSU and their teams improve <laughs> over yes. the semester. And then we've got the Super Bowls on Sunday, right? <laughs> yes, it is. It is going to be the Los Angeles Rams versus the New England Patriots in Let's Atlanta. Go Pats. Go Pats. Uh, my, my no. Both my parents went to the University of Michigan, so Tommy Boy's on my side. I'm going for the Pats as well. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't know. I mean, I don't really care about football, but the Patriots have been in the Super Bowl, like, what, the last three years? Yes, I'm actually. bored. I'm bored of the Patriots. Well, when a team, I'm ready for a new team. When a team decides to be better than the Patriots the, at, a more con, at a consistent level like they have, go for it. I mean, yes, the Eagles won last year, but... No one else has been so consistent, and I think it's it's history that you're watching. So Yeah, that is true. Well, we'll definitely have you back on the show sometime soon for all the Super Bowl sports. Thank you for being on here, Ray. We really appreciate it. It's always a pleasure. Of course. And up next, our music director is contributing to the show with her own special music segment on the band Better Oblivion Community Center, only here on the Rocky Mountain Review. You're listening to 90.5 KCSU, Fort Collins.
January 25th, 2019, Phoebe Bridgers and Connor Oberst released a joint album under the name Better Oblivion Community Center. Bridgers and Oberst started working on the album after Oberst heard Bridgers perform in Los Angeles the summer of 2016. Soon after, they decided to collaborate on their most recent release. The album was being worked on before Bridgers released her debut album, Stranger in the Alps, in 2017 and was being recorded around the same time as Bridgers' other collaboration with Julian Baker and Lucy Dacus, also known as Boy Genius. In an interview with Rolling Stone, Oberst says, One thing we talked about ahead of time was trying to steer clear of the folksy duet album, which is exactly what you would expect from the two normally sad, stripped-down artists. One song in particular that has a surprising synth-pop twist is Exception to the Rule. You need an occupation To warrant a vacation Without anticipation Nothing satisfactory Came out here to check out Get away from my house Now I don't leave this house These lines in particular highlight the dichotomy between wanting to leave and check out for a while, but not feeling as though it's warranted if you don't have a job. Ultimately, you end up falling into a cycle of still feeling useless and doing nothing. The song partially mimics some of Bright Eyes style, the song Gold Mine Gutted in particular, but adds different elements with the inclusion of Phoebe's ghostly harmonizing and more synth-pop beats. Phoebe was a fan of Bright Eyes before the collaboration, while Connor did not hear her music until they played a show together in LA. According to Rolling Stone, Oberst said, I definitely remember that first moment of hearing her sing. It was just one of those voices that sounds completely unique, but also sounds like, there's that friend I should have had my entire life. Furthermore, the track Didn't Know What I Was In For, which opens for the new record, was a commentary on white guilt and self-congratulatory activism in the age of social media. This was the first song they wrote together. I didn't know what I was in for When I signed up for that run There's no way I'm curing cancer But I sweat it out I feel so proud now lyrics talk about how people will feel good for doing things such as marathons for cancer, thinking they have done so much towards the progress of curing cancer, even posting about completing the run on social media. This is just one example of self-congratulatory activism within the song. This duo has already been greeted with stellar feedback, performing live on CBS This Morning and The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, as well as receiving a 7.7 rating from Pitchfork. They plan to take their new band on the road this spring. For the Rocky Mountain Review, I'm Monty Daniel. And welcome back to the Rocky Mountain Review, your news talk show here on KCIC Fort Collins. I'm your host, Emily Moshak, joined in studio by my co-host. I am J.D. Layton. And our lovely reporters, Allison Tackett, Katie Otter, and Maximus Hunter. And Maximus Hunter, you have a national newscast coming up for us. I do. Hello, I'm Maximus Hunter with your national news on the Rocky Mountain Review. Our first story today, the Mars rover Opportunity may be out of commission permanently. Originally launched by NASA in 2003 and landing in 2004, Opportunity and its counterpart, Spirit, 
were designed to travel short distances and transmit images back to Earth. While the rovers were only intended to run around for three months, they lasted years, with Spirit's last transmission arriving in 2010. Opportunity encountered a dust storm in June 2018, which ceased communication. The rover may not be gone. As the dusty season should end shortly, transmissions could resume. NASA has been attempting to learn what happened to Opportunity, but the government shutdown prevented scientists from working with NASA, Fox News' Sample Chamberlain reports. With the shutdown now over, hopefully the fate of Opportunity will soon be uncovered, and the rover will either continue its journey across a red neighbor in the sky, or it will rest, mission complete, in the red dust of Mars. Kendall Jenner! Emily Rodajowski, Haley Bieber, and Bella Hadid are just some of the models who were subpainted yesterday over the disastrous 2017 Fire Festival. The festival, promoted as a luxury music festival, was a failure of epic proportions. Artists canceled, hundreds of guests had no housing, no food, and no way to leave. Panic descended on the festival, which was canceled on its first day, and the festival was evacuated. Founder Billy McFarland is serving a six-year prison sentence for fraud with over $20 million in fines, since each ticket alone cost thousands of dollars. The models, initially a part of the promotional shoot and viral marketing campaign that brought the festival to the public eye, are being subpoenaed to testify about what their roles in the shoot were, how they received payments, and any further details the investigation might need. A 30-year-old veteran was shot by police at Cascade Middle School in Eugene, Oregon. Charles Landeros shot twice at police who fired back and killed him. Landeros had two guns, one with an extended magazine. His daughter was enrolled at Cascade Middle School, which was something Landeros' ex-wife went to the school that morning to confirm. Due to their custody agreement, she had full control of the child's education, and Landeros had enrolled the daughter in school without her permission. Attempting to mediate the situation, the school's resource officer called Landeros in for a discussion. After being asked to leave the school due to a failure to cooperate, Landeros became increasingly aggressive. As officers were forced to escort him out, Landeros began shouting, drawing his daughter out from the classroom, the police report says. After resisting arrest, he pulled a firearm on the two officers escorting him and fired two shots and then was shot and killed. His daughter was present the entire time, Portland's KWGV reports. President Trump will be giving his 2019 State of the Union speech on Tuesday, February 5th. Following the partial shutdown of the government on December 22nd, the annual address was in jeopardy. Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, wrote the president a letter last week informing him that it would not be secure to give the speech with the government shutdown, as opposed to inviting him to give it as is customary. Speaker Pelosi said it would be wise to reschedule the event or deliver it in written form. On January 24th, Donald Trump agreed to postpone the State of the Union until after the shutdown. With the shutdown over, Pelosi and Trump agreed to hold the speech next week. Trump claims that he has, quote, a great story to tell and yet great goals to achieve, unquote, according to CNN. Thanks for listening. I'm Maximus Hunter, and this has been your Rocky Mountain Review National News on 90.5 KCSU. Thank you, Max, for that. And that State of the Union speech will be occurring on next Tuesday. So we have the review on Tuesdays, and we'll have a lot of coverage of that right here for you. Right. So I don't know if you guys know, but uh, Ted Bundy has been sort of resurfacing a little bit in in media as of late. There was a uh, Netflix documentary that came out on, on him not too long ago, as well as there's a new movie about him. But this movie's sort of got an interesting twist. It's played by Zac Efron, and it's 
and it and it makes him look a lot sexier than he really should be. He's a he's a serial killer, and it almost feels like this is a rom com coming up. It does, yeah. The new movie has come under fire because of the trailer recently released, which does definitely make Ted Bundy appear romantic and a little dramatic. So we'll let you first before we get into anything. Listen to the trailer yourself, and then we'll be discussing this, and we want to hear from you. So give us a call or a text at 970-491-5278. That's 970-491-5278. And we are going to play the trailer here for you. It's called Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Vile. Evil and Vile. Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil and Vile. It has a really long title. (laughs) Zac Efron's in it, and here is what everyone is so upset about. I've been staring at you all night. What do you say we get out of here? What is it about this guy? When I feel his love, I feel like I'm on top of the world. Did you do these things? Absolutely not. So that is the trailer for the movie. A little clip of it, not the whole thing. But people are mostly upset about the music. If you actually watch the trailer, you can see Zac Efron winking at the camera and looking like Zac Efron, who, in my humble opinion, is just gorgeous. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. I know. I'm like, even it's, it is like, of course, ugh, I'm trying to say this in a not disgusting way. <laughs> like, yeah, Ted Buddy's disgusting, but he doesn't look bad in the trailer. At least Zac Efron does it. I don't I I feel like it's just it's it's uncomfortable in in the sense that it's like romanticizing a serial killer what he murdered something like 30 plus uh you they know, don't even know yeah yeah, yeah it's know. it's you know we're not really sure 30 I think plus it's 30 women. to 100 I've heard yeah that's <laughs> a lot that's a big range. of yeah. of people to kill and they're mostly young single women and and here they are romanticizing him with you know Zac Efron making him this you know very attractive cool guy and and I, what type of message is that necessarily sending is it is that is that what ladies want is a serial killer they definitely <laughs> don't want a serial killer the arguing stance i've heard um from the director of the film as well as just people on twitter have been saying that ted bundy when he was alive was known for being attractive at the time like he was considered very attractive before people knew he was a serial serial killer um he had good jobs he went to college he had multiple girlfriends so he was definitely – people described him as socially awkward, but I think the point of the movie was to show that Ted Bundy, before everyone found out, was kind of your guy next door, you know, had a girlfriend, had a job. And so I think the point of view from the director was they wanted to make him look normal in an effort to show that anyone could do what Ted Bundy did. And it doesn't have to just be that aloof, creepy person in the back of the room. Well, it, it that sounds makes things like, even like so scary. Like Adam, did you guys see the Netflix documentary? Yeah, I, I haven't watched, watched that it. one yet. I saw like the first episode or like part of the first episode, but it just it freaked me out. Right, and I feel like that showcases, you know, that he was like, yeah, this dude, he was like, you know, ladies liked him. He was he was an attractive man, but he was also creepy. There right. was some creepy stuff, and and that's he what I feel like, like this trailer doesn't do. Right, and I he had, I think the documentary talks about how he had split personality right right yeah so i don't know it's interesting to see uh there some of his uh victims have come forward about this movie and they you kind of have two different trains of thought where one of it is this is very accurate you know it's it's disturbing but this is what he was like um and 
it should be shown. Then you have other ones that say, no, you know what, this is this is unkind to those of us who were harmed by this to romanticize them this way. Yeah, I do understand that to a certain extent, but I also think that they have like the upbeat, like kind of like yeah, like upbeat music because like it is like a movie. They want to grab people's attention because they do have like the serious documentary out there. I think they're trying to put like a twist on it and make it more, I guess, maybe more like on the entertaining side more than like the factual documentary side. Yeah, I kind of see what they're going with that. And I do, I guess I would kind of have to wait until actually seeing the movie, yeah. you know, like a trailer, I get it. It's supposed to grab you. And then if I watched the movie and I still was like, wow, Ted Bundy was a terrible person. But if mm. I came out of that movie and was like, hmm, Zac Efron, like, that Bundy would be bad. <laughs> that yeah. would be a problem. And even Netflix was so disturbed because I guess women supposedly were freaking out about how attractive they thought Zac Efron was. Of Ted Bundy that Netflix posted to their Facebook account, quote, I've seen a lot of talk about Ted Bundy's alleged hotness and would like to gently remind everyone that there are literally thousands of hot men on the service, almost all of whom are not convicted serial murderers. (laughs) (laughs) I know. So I guess Netflix has been disturbed by that. But I feel like aside from the people that are taking that a little over the top, the trailer itself does a good job of proving that you don't have to be a typical-looking creepy person to be a serial yeah. killer. Right. I I guess I just don't want it to be like that's an attractive behavior because it's really not something you should you should, you know, promote. It's definitely like totally unacceptable to murder people. On yeah. like a lot of levels. Yeah. So. Yeah, definitely. No. I would help that. But let's, yeah. Let's um, ditch the six pack abs and show more of the murdery bits. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's what I wonder because in the trailer, they definitely. There's like that. A little clip at the end, I think, where you see him. Yeah, there's a six, um, six pack abs scene. But yeah, I guess he does have six pack abs in the murder scene, which is a little off putting. But yeah, one of the survivors, um, her name is Kathy Kleiner Rubin. She actually did speak out. And she said she didn't have a problem with the trailer as long as people understand that what they're watching and is not a normal person. And she said she doesn't think it's glorifying, but she gets nervous when people start to say wonderful and positive things about him. But she says that was what he was like and why he was able to murder so many women is because he attracted them with his charm and good looks and personality. I'll definitely be curious to see Zac Efron's performance in this because um, just to see whether or not he acknowledges the, the the darkness inside the character he's playing or not or whether he keeps on his kind of hot Zac Efron face. Yeah, it is It'll curious because I, gosh, I haven't seen Zac Efron in something since, what, like Neighbors, Neighbors 2? Neighbors 2. When he was the Seth frat Rogen. boy. Yeah, when he was the frat boy. So it'll definitely be able to see if Zac, interesting to see if Zac Efron can pull this off. And I think that'll really make a difference on whether the movie is still controversial. Yes. Once people actually see it. It premiered this weekend at Sundance. Yeah, um, right. And I just pulled up an article. I haven't read the whole thing, but it's from Cosmopolitan. And the title of the article is, I saw Zac Efron's Ted Bundy movie, It's Not What You Think. Oh, okay. Mm. So maybe it does have a little darker premise well, yeah. than as, we expect. As we find out more, we'll be sure to inform you. But we'd love to hear your opinion on this. You could always call or text it at 970-491-5278. And I mean, this does strike home. There were definitely some girls from Colorado who were mm-hmm. murdered by Ted Bundy. So, you know, it's 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 a little more personal here than some places, I'd say. It is. And he worked, um, like, with the suicide hotline and I believe – 
in some adjunct of a police department at one point, Mm -hmm. like doing their communications and stuff like that. So it really is kind of thankfully something that doesn't happen as much because we have technology and it's easier to track people down, but it really is something that happened in history that's very important to be aware of. So It's very terrifying. But we're not going to leave you on a sad, sad note. We have the best part of the show coming up right now. I know everybody's been waiting for it. Katie gave us a lovely little drum roll. Whether you're ready for it or not. Whether you're ready for it or not. Oh! <laughs> that's Here a <laughs> The weather. The weather. I know you've been waiting almost an entire month from the last time. So, I know. How, would, how did what? our listeners know what the weather was without I, I us sh- telling them every Tuesday, Thursday? Did you do a weather recap I, of break? Yeah, uh, every yeah. day. Go through now. There was clouds, rain, there was some snow, and some sunshine. Ooh. That was your quick weather recap. I, I can't tell you what I don't days think it rained. they were. I, I think that's fake news. Uh, oh, you no. don't know. You weren't all over the state. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> all right. All right. So today was uh, nice and sunny. <laughs> Expect a low of uh, 18, or 15 degrees tonight. It'll be a little chilly. But tomorrow coming in, it'll be a little warmer. A nice little 45, partially cloudy with a low of 24. And Thursday, well, <laughs> dear listener, you're going to have to tune in Thursday to find out what the weather's like to keep you on the edge of your seat. So you know what you got to do? You got to keep that dial locked only here on 90.5 KCSU Fort Collins. Yes, you got to be back here. And we are also going to be having some very special interviews, one including axe throwing, which is a new sport sweeping the nation. Super dope. I hope it makes it in the Olympics and not into my bedroom. Definitely would hope Mm. not. Just I would prefer nobody to throw axes. This is in the vein of murderers. Yeah, that is true. Can I do it in your living room? No. Uh, Yeah, I guess that's fine. Oh, okay. All right. Well... We'll see if JD and Max end up on the show on Thursday. <laughs> depends on how I much know, I will. experimental <laughs> Yeah, depends on axe throwing. <laughs> <X> throwing. Yeah, <laughs> luckily there won't be any demonstrations here on the reveal. Nope. Darn. Oh, man, I sh- probably should tell her that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Stay tuned to see what goes down. We'll be here on Thursday. That's all the news we have for you today. But we want to thank everyone who contributed, including all of our fantastic reporters, as well as our music director, Monty Daniel, and our sports director, Ray McGowan. And I want to thank you, JD, for your lovely feature story. And I want to thank you, Emily, for hosting this show. Oh, thanks so much. So special. Stay tuned. We'll be back Thursday. You're listening to the Rocky Mountain Review, only on KCSU Fort Collins. Up next, we've got Headlights by Kelvin Arsenia.